good to see you here today. Stand with me, would you, as we sing our first song this morning. Holy, holy, holy. Lift it up with me as we sing. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty.
job of singing. You may be seated. Let's go, Lord, in prayer this morning. We thank you, Lord, for loving us, Lord. Thank you for the power you've given us through you. Thank you for sending your son to die on the cross so we can go to heaven, Lord. We just thank you and praise you for all you've done for us. Lord, thank you for our church here. Thank you for those that came out today to worship you. Thank you for those that uh, are here, those that couldn't be here. We welcome up to you today. Lord, I pray now that you'd be with the services here, be with our pastor as he speaks. Lord, help us to open our hearts and our minds for what you have for us today, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Central Baptist Church. So glad you've chosen to be with us. If it's your first time here, I'd like to welcome you here to our church. I'd like to invite you to our welcome desk in the main lobby. of have a gift for you. and love to meet you. So if you're a first-time guest, please stop by the Welcome Center to receive a gift. Well, we have a, a newer song. We've sung it once before. One of our newer songs the choir is singing uh, called I Speak Jesus. Really looking forward to singing that, celebrating the fact that Jesus is the answer to all of our problems. So I hope this song is a blessing to you as the choir sings I Speak Jesus. I just want to speak the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind. I know there is peace within your presence. I speak Jesus.
and greet our guests and people haven't seen in a while, make sure they feel welcome here at Central Baptist Church. standing if you would as we sing what a day that will be remain standing with me as we sing there is coming a day when no heartache shall come no more clouds in the sky no more tears to dim the eye all is peace forevermore on that high golden shore what a day glorious day that will be what a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see and I look upon his face the one who saved me by his grace when he takes me by the leads me through the promised land what a day glorious day that will be there'll be no sorrow there no more burdens to bear no more sickness no pain no more parting over there and forever I shall see and I look upon his face the one who saved me by his grace when he takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised
I'm singing. You may be seated. All right. Our ushers are here, so we'll go ahead and take our offering this morning. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Brother Randy, Randy Tyner, would you ask God to bless our offering, please, Randy? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this day, this, this time that we get to uh, come together in our body, give you glory and honor that you deserve. Be with us through the service today. Uh, reach each one of us in a special, personal way to grow closer to you. Father, as we take up these tithes and offerings, let it be sufficient to meet your needs here at Central Baptist Church. We pray all this in Jesus' glorious name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Uh, it's been great today. Been a, been a good week. We praise the Lord. And so good to have you out in middle of January and uh, praise the Lord. It's cold. Just seeing where you're at. Okay. Good news is the season. It passes. It'll get warm again. It'll be spring and summer, all the fun stuff. But uh, it's good, good to be in God's house without a doubt. And again, choir, magnificent song. Love that without a doubt. Good, good stuff. We are blessed Today, though, and uh, just to share with you, we got a couple of special guests can be with us. They're here today, but they'll be with us tonight, especially speaking. Uh, Miss Summer Scroggs, you can meet her out in the foyer. You'll see her, uh, uh, missionary, and uh, she's going to share some testimony and stuff with us tonight. Looking forward to that. I think you'll be blessed by that, without a doubt. So hope you'll come back, meet her in the foyer, get a chance to chat with her a little bit. 
and uh, then we'll share her testimony. And then Micah and Rebecca Bosworth as well are with us, and that's a great blessing. Uh, for If you're a new member, Micah grew up here at Central Baptist Church, and we refuse to tell you the stories. <laughs> the good news is he's an example of how God can change a life. And, and yeah, amen. No, it's, it's true. And I uh, know we're excited for Mike. Of course, you know, the Bosworth family got to hear Josiah preach just a couple weeks ago. And uh, so good, good stuff. So he'll be with us tonight and love that. Share a little bit about what uh, they've been doing in uh, Washington and uh, excited about that great ministry. And so we got a couple great blessings tonight. I hope you'll be a part of that and come on back and share. So it's going to be a good day uh, all the way around. This is our stewardship month. And uh, in our stewardship month, we talk about all things relating to just managing what God has provided for us, and usually uh, just a good thing. And this year, believe it or not, I don't have a message on giving. Please do not cry. Okay, I know it's tough. It's probably the first year you know, ever, but God's not really led me that way. I'll just share with you our giving. Of course, we just took up the offering, and we have giving boxes normally in the back for all the services that you can give or online. And obviously, it's something that Christ, as Christians we do, and uh, and uh, you all do that well and allow us to support missionaries and uh, things around the world as well as here in all of our programs, which is good stuff. And so, always challenge every believer to be involved in that, without a doubt. But God's not like I said, led me in that direction. We are having we're going to continue our series on serving the Lord and really what that means and uh, give them just kind of an identity uh, to that as good stewards, what it means to be a good steward of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So we'll be in the book of Romans today. So if you want to be over there, we'll be in Romans looking at that classic scripture. I, I love the classics. You know, you have some in there that uh, you just come to every once in a while and you'll hear them preached and it's not new verses to you, but what we got to be reminded, I think of John chapter three, that that's classic, you know, Romans 12, that's classic, Philippians four, classic. I mean, there's just some chapters, verses that are classics, uh, but don't become so familiar with them that they lose the impact. And the fact of the matter is they are classics because they make an impact. And they mean something to us. And so we're going to look at that again today, and I'm looking forward to it. So after the special, we'll jump right into Romans chapter 12. There's a voice calling me from an old rugged tree. And it whispers, draw closer to me. Be to draw me 
Thank you. Amen. A couple things as well as you're turning to Romans 12, if you're not there yet, uh, that I wanted to remind you of as well. We have during our stewardship month, we have our annual sign up for ministries and uh, for members as well as non-members. Maybe you're visiting and been coming for a while and, and uh, still praying about what God wants you to do. And there's a variety of ministries out there and they'll be up for another week. I challenge you to get involved in one of the ministries that's the biggest part of what we do our stewardship month for is that aspect of serving the Lord, which is part, part of who we are. It's just a natural thing for us. And so, again, take some time, maybe plan to come a little bit early, stay a few minutes late. You can look at the various tables and sign-ups and find something that would work for you, and, and we'll look forward to that without a doubt. Also, uh, real quick, for service, uh, Miss Sue Rob handed me this thank you and she wanted me to share with you I have felt God's love and support through the thoughtful words, cards, phone calls, prayers, and offers of help. She has said, thank you, church. And so continue to pray for her if you, if you would, and I, and I know you will, as well as the Mike Wilson family, and continual prayers there that God would just uh, put his arms around them and guide and direct them, and uh, amen. Well, Romans chapter 12, why don't we stand and do our reading? Uh, two verses, just two verses. Well, at least to start out with, how's that? Two verses, Romans 12, 1 and 2. Some of you have these memorized. If you, if you don't, they're good verses to memorize and to take to heart without a doubt. 
Let's take a look at them together. It says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Lord, we've already been greatly blessed this morning, Lord, by the music that's been lifted up to you. We pray you've been, uh, Lord, honored and glorified through it as well, as that's our heart's intent. And now, Lord, would you open up our heart's minds? Um, we know that this last week and even coming up this week, many things are upon different families, Lord. And Lord, this is a time we come and we try to focus on you and your word and gain strength and encouragement and direction from you. And Lord, I pray we could focus on that. We may not focus on those around us, in front of us, behind us, whatever distractions there might be. But Lord, may we take this time, Lord, uh, to learn from your word. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. you. May be seated. You're probably as much aware as I am that we live in a pretty mixed up world. Uh, going around, of course, now there's a lot of videos, whether it be on Tic-Tac, Tic-Tac, how's that? Or Tic-Tac. <laughs> Tic-Tac, you can tell I'm not on that one. And uh, Instagram and whatever, YouTube, you know, all these little, little videos become pretty popular. And I like some of them. Some of them are pretty hilarious. I'm not going to lie to you. And you'll send some to me and I'll send some out every once in a while. But fun, fun stuff. But I remember seeing, you, you also have some more serious ones. And it's been a while back. Somebody sent me one of somebody interviewing people, and, and the question was this, what is a woman? Yeah, I'm like, duh, you know, but really, it was funny, people were struggling. I mean, they were highly struggling to define what a woman is in this day and age, and some of you are going, me too, preacher, you know, and, uh, but I mean, they couldn't come up with how to articulate it, so I'm going to offend this group or say the wrong thing, and uh, you can do the same thing as, what is a man? Uh, and we're living in an identity crisis society. You know, it's crazy. Uh, things that are normal for thousands of years, I mean thousands of years. I'm not talking about hundreds. Since the beginning of time, what a man is, what a woman is, that clearly defined in the Word of God and purposes and design and everything is so misconstrued today and so confusing to, to many that it's hard to define it. Uh, but then I take that a step farther. And when you start getting to that, I notice so often what's happening in the world often seeps into Christianity. And so the same thing begins to, hap to happen, and that is, if you're to be asked a question, well, what is a Christian? You know? Now, there's some general answers to that, which is good, you know, with, without a doubt. But as we think about that, I, I think too often that the identity of a Christian can be confusing to people. And I'd like to clarify that today. Can we do that? I'd like to clarify that. Yeah, I think in a general term, we know it is a follower of Jesus Christ. That makes sense? We're a disciple or follower. We've done a whole series on that. If you're a Christian, you're a follower of Jesus. So the broad sense is, I follow Jesus. But the very specific sense is, okay, well, what does that look like? I mean, what is that? Whenever I preach on this, I always have to stop and break it down um, into clearer pictures. So let me do this for you. I would say we pr probably could all agree on this. I'm going to list five things for you I say very often and on purpose. What I call basic 101 Christianity. If we're saying, what is a Christian? You're a follower of Jesus. So if you follow Jesus, here's five things that believers, Christians do. I mean, everywhere around the world. I mean, this isn't like Baptist theology. This is Bible stuff. Uh, could I say this? W would, you, would you go with me that Christians pray? Does that make sense? I mean, if I'm going to claim to be a Christian, I, I talk to God. I pray. 
I mean, that's not deep. That, that would be anybody. If you say I'm a Christian, immediately my mind would say, well, well you, you pray. That doesn't mean you know how to pray or you pray long, you, you, but you do pray. Why? Because you're a Christian. I would say this. We read the Bible. Does that make sense? Yeah, we, we believe the Bible. We read the Bible. I mean, th- that makes sense to me. So if you're a Christian, you pray, you read your Bible. How about this? Go to church. Should be synonymous. I'm going to help you real quick. Why? Christ died for the church. As a matter of fact, if you tell me you're a Christian, you don't go to church, a question mark comes to my mind. Well, that's weird. I mean, it's just weird. It's like, well, Christians go to church. Whatever your denomination is, that's what you do. Why? Because that's what God set up. Now, wait a minute. This is basic stuff. If I claim to be a believer, I will be in the house of God. I will pray. I will read my Bible. We're not talking about levels here. We're just saying that's normal activities of believers. Amen? Let me give you two more. How about this? Uh, Christians give. You said, I thought you weren't preaching on that, preacher. I'm not. That's basic. Do you know every religion gives to their God? I mean, that's like basic before even a lot of the other ones. You're going to talk about praying, reading, whatever your document is, and I give to my God. Why? It's ingrained in us. That's the way it works. And then I'd say this, if you say scripture, uh, we're to go and share our faith. We're to share our faith with other people. And again, that's at different levels. But if I were to outline and say, hey, what is a Christian? You'd say a follower of God. And then I'd say, well, could you explain that to me? Most likely in some form, those things would be there. Those are the simple things that every believer... So by the way, if you're a brand new believer, those ought to be five basics that you're working on all the time. All the time. You're like, well, man, I don't give. You're not even at basic 101. Man, I don't think I've ever told anybody about Jesus or gave a track or shared my faith. You're not at basic level Christianity. You know, I don't even know how to pray. Man, we got to learn that. Why? Basic Christianity. Are there other levels? There are. But we can't get to those today because you know what I found out? And talk about the identity of a Christian... There's another set that is basic Christianity that we often overlook, and it's Romans 12, 1 and 2. If I were to give a picture to you of what real basic Christianity is, can I tell you? It would be Romans 12, 1 and 2. Besides those five basics, it would be this. There is an attitude, a, a spirit, an activity that is consistent among Christians and defined right here in Romans chapter 12. And this morning, I'd like to remind you of that and challenge us in this stewardship month. As we're going to go through this year, we're going to be good managers of what God has given us, be good stewards of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Can I tell you, these things are on equal par. They're not above those five basics. Can I tell you, they are part of those five basics, and they're defined right here for us. So let's break this down, if we could. We're going to take a few minutes to break these down. There's basically three or four more other things right here that as we look at these, I think will help us. And I've tried to make this as simple as possible in order for us to be able to define it. But look at Romans chapter 12. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God. Now look at this, which is your reasonable service. Now I always love that phrase. Anytime I preach on this, that's a special phrase to me because I, I like the phrase reasonable. Another way you could put it is normal. That is normal. It is what you expect. It's something that's reasonable. It's something to easily expect. It's, it's the norm is what it is. And Paul's writing this, and he says this, that you present your bodies, are you ready, a living sacrifice. That don't sound normal. I don't know about you, that sounds a little hard. But Paul's literally putting in this context, every believer, are you ready, every Christian does this. They live a sacrificed life for Jesus Christ. It is normal. Why? He says, because you're going to present your bodies. Turn with me to the book of Corinthians chapter 6. We'll help clarify this. Paul clarifies this in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 
in verse 19. Well, actually, it starts really up at verse 15. So we'll go up to verse 15. He says, Know ye not, in 1 Corinthians 6, next book over, verse 15, Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ. Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of a harlot? God forbid. And look at this emphatic, what? Know ye not that he which is joined to a harlot is one body? For two, saith he, shall be one flesh. He's acting like, you don't know this? But he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. Then he talks about living holy, flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. Look at verse 19. Here it is again. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? Uh-oh. For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. See, we live in this identity crisis, and here's what it is. We accept God. We accept eternal life. We're going to heaven. And then we think we still own ourselves. You don't. I, I love it. I, I don't remember which one it was, but uh, there was some classic show I watched, some sitcom, whatever, and it caught my attention because usually mom and dads are made out to be dummies. And I love it when mom and dads aren't. And in this one show, whatever it was, uh, they're talking and they have a teenage daughter and she goes, man, mom and dad, I'm so glad we're, wi- we're rich. And just stood out to me. And I love it because dad goes, oh, whoa, 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 wait. We're not rich. Your mom and I are rich, but you're not. <laughs> no, you get that wrong. You know, no, no, you don't have a job. And I'm like, I love this. I mean, because today we do, we, we have this identity, uh, uh, you know, you give your, your, your teenager a room, like, it's my room. <laughs> it's, it's not your room. We're letting you use it. And uh, some of the teens are going, please stop preaching right now, preacher. It's like, you know, you'll be signs on the door. Keep out. Don't come in. I'm like, uh, if I'm paying the rent, I'm coming in. You know, that, that's mine. I mean, I, I bought the bed and, and uh, you know, I bought the dresser, I bought the TV, whatever. It's like, no, 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 I'm letting you use the room. Uh, but you don't have a job, so can I help you? You don't own it. Uh, that is foreign. Some of you right now are looking at me like, what's he even talking about? Can you do that? No, that, that's the problem. See, we're so messed up today. We think... Uh, like that teenager saying that, hey, this is my house. I own it. I, I have some part when I've done nothing really. We do the same thing with Christ. What are you talking about? We get saved. He saves us, forgives our sins, put the Holy Spirit inside, empowers us. And then we act like we own the place. We go do whatever we want. And we're like, hey, I'm just going to go live my life, do what I want. And Paul's like, oh, no, 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 no. I don't think you understand. Being a Christian, a normal, I mean, reasonable service for basic services not just to read your bible and pray but are you ready your life your body belongs to almighty god everything i have every ability i have comes from almighty god whatever i do i ought to do for him and whatever i become i ought to become are you ready for him not every one of you will be called into what's called full-time ministry you won't all be pastors won't all be missionaries won't all be uh, in those you're not going to be that youth directors whatever working full-time for a church, but we all full-time ought to be serving Jesus Christ. And whatever skill set he's given you, you have no doubt, I know the impact. Uh, Sam Waterloo's got a gentleman at his church. I know we're online, so I won't mention names, but uh, he works a business, has for years. Uh, it's been very successful. Uh, matter of fact, him and his wife go around, and part of their ministry is passing out tracts at fairs across the nation. And they set up a booth and win people to the Lord about every single time. When people to Jesus, they take time off travel to go to all these fairs. They're like, this is our ministry. God's phenomenally blessed. I don't know what they make. I don't know what they have. But, but I know just 
being around Sam and being in their church, this gentleman gives not just thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars to missions. I mean, he's a key supporter of their missions program. And the rest of the church is involved as well. And again, I don't know all the numbers and all the levels, but, but I've been there to see and to watch as this person gets involved. This last week we had church planners and money's given to church planners. And, and this person's like, hey, make sure that every church planner there walks out with $1,000. And it's like, oh, oh, oh. I gave him my card, said, please have him move to Ponca City, Oklahoma. <laughs> it's a good church there. You know, it's like, I mean, it's just amazing to me that here's this guy and he's behind the scenes and quiet, him and his wife. I mean, they, you know, they're, they're literally just servants of the Lord Jesus Christ. And they're, they're like, hey, we, we just want to be a blessing. And, and I'm thinking this, they said, hey, we just dedicate, hey, this is our job. This is a skill set God gave us and God's blessed us and we've been doing it for years and now the minute, that business is really good, but we don't just take it and use it on ourselves. We're like, hey, there's church planners all across the land and missionaries that are starting churches and souls need to be saved. And they're like, hey, that's what we're doing. Why? Well, because we're Christians. We do Christian things. So church ministry, that's important to us. And I'm thinking, wow, wow. I was talking in there and uh, found out that uh, the owner of Hobby Lobby, um, Pentecostal background and to uh, Oral Roberts, it's been a few years back, donated $52 million. Mm-hmm. $52 million. Now, again, here's what I appreciate about that. Here's a very successful owner, and he hasn't forgotten that what's important are the things of God. And I'm like, wow. I'm telling you this because not all of you are going to be called to full-time ministry. You're going to be called to something else and say, well, what, what can I do? You can do way more than you realize. You can do way more than you realize. The key is this. I just sacrifice to serve God and let him tell me what I'm supposed to do. Those are extraordinary stories. But can I tell you, you can put it on our scale today. And the fact of the matter is God uses people in amazing ways all the time. And wherever God has you, can I tell you, you're to be a Christian. No, there's not this difference. You're to be a Christian everywhere you go. And what that means is my body belongs to God. My, my mouth, my hands, my feet, and whatever he equips me to do and whatever ability he has, whatever it may do, I should do it for his honor and glory. And right now I'm doing it in Ponca City, Oklahoma. Praise Jesus. I don't know what sin you committed to be here, but amen, I'm glad you're here. <laughs> glad you're in Ponca City and K County area. You know, it's great. You say, what is it? I, this is where God has you. So can I tell you? God doesn't make mistakes. He knows you're here and he's equipped you. And can I tell you, basic Christianity is this. Sure, I'm at church and I pray and I read my Bible. Every Christian should, but not just that. Every Christian should live a sacrifice life. What's that? My body, my life belongs to him. It's not I get saved, do what I want. I get saved to serve Jesus. Why? Because I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. Folks, and by the way, that's normal. So when you identify as a Christian, then I expect you're saying, okay, your will. Matter of fact, he said that. If you take a look at it, go back to Romans chapter 12. He was very clear about this. In the last part of it, he said, uh, an acceptable and perfect will of God in verse 2. In other words, I, I want to find God's will. How do I do that? Man, I just dedicate my body. In other words, I dedicate my life. There, there is no separate life. When you become a Christian, it is your life. No, no, Christianity, we don't tag on Christianity and then go live our life. No, no. If you're a real Christian, can I, can I help you real quick? We're going to be stewards and servants of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you what, what that life is. It's not a Again, I get Jesus to go live my life. It is because I have Jesus, I live the life he designed for me. And I joyfully serve him. So that means, that as a woman, if I'm a wife and mother, which is a great design that God designed, uh, man, I'm excited about that. I'm joyful about that. It's a wonderful thing. 
It's a, it's a great thing. It's not a bad thing. If I'm a husband and, and I'm providing for my family, that's a good thing. That's not a bad thing. Why? That's what God designed. I'm in that. And I'm, but whatever I'm doing, I'm using it for him. For him. It's good stuff. So he starts out with this. A sacrifice life is one that I present my body into God. But it doesn't stop there. We could continue on with that. And obviously for 1 Corinthians, that means my life will be holy. That sacrifice life is, is a holy life. But it really comes to play when we look at uh, the second part here. In verse 2, and be not conformed to this world. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The second part of normal, reasonable, average Christianity is besides this mentality that says, my life belongs to you, and I sacrifice what I want to do for whatever you want, God, whatever that is. The second part is very simple. It's a separated life. What do you mean? I'm not going to be conformed. Do you know everywhere you go, it has a style, an image, everywhere. Uh, we have a style at Central Baptist Church. Uh, you do. I mean, e everywhere. Your own family, you guys have a style. I don't know if you've ever been to on a foreign mission field. How many have ever been out of America? Just, just to see what we have here. Okay, so we, we've got a good bunch. If you've ever been to a foreign mission field, it's different. It's, if it's not English, hang on. I mean, hang on. They speak different. Yeah. You ever been to somewhere where they speak different? That's weird. Why? You don't understand a word they're saying. I mean, it's like being in the South. Same thing. <laughs> Same thing. Some people speak it there. I'm like, could you repeat that in English? I mean, it, it is weird. But I mean, we've been on four mission fields of people speaking their language. Man, I'm, I'm lost. Uh, you show up. It's different styles. One of our favorite stories, we went to Malta and uh, took, took some youth. And man, it was an all-day flight, wiped out. We arrived, and the missionary decided to move their church that night. He said, man, we'll have some extra help. Forgetting that we just traveled like 13, 14 hours. We're unloading. I mean, we get off. He's smiling. He goes, hey, good to have you here. Hey, you mind if some of your guys help us move? And I'm like, hey, we're here to serve. Yeah, let's go. So about four or five guys volunteered, hopped in a van, and, and, and uh, we took the rest of them to the hotel to get set up, and they went to move. On the way, the missionary decided to be nice and said, hey, y'all like cheesecake? Everybody lit up. Oh, yeah, I love cheesecake. So he goes, let's stop and get some. They stopped and buy cheesecake, and it was cheesecake. No, it was cheese in cake form. <laughs> yeah, go ahead and throw up now, okay? And we're thinking nice, you creamy, smooth New York cheesecake. Not even close. I mean, and, and he's so excited. Yeah, cheesecake. No. It meant something totally different. I mean, it's a different world. We're in Malta, and uh, we, we show up there, and, and I won't give you all the plans, but we had plans to cook our own meals, to save money and everything. We showed up, though, and I'm talking to the front desk, and as I'm talking with them, find out this hotel didn't have a kitchen for us to cook in, and it was supposed to, and man, things are going bad, and the guy looks at me and says, I'll tell you what we're going to do. Um, how about if we give you every meal for $5? And I'm, this is a nice hotel. It's a Malta. I go, okay, well, what's that mean? So he starts explaining. He says, a buffet every day, breakfast, lunch at $5 per person. I'm like, are you kidding me? I mean, everything, fish, lamb. I mean, everything, you can, I mean, gourmet stuff. I'm like, we're in. So we wrote a check, paid for everybody for the time we're there. And instead of people cooking gourmet meals, it was amazing for every adult and not one teenager. You say, what do you mean? They started bringing out fish. And I'm like, oh, salmon, this is great. Every teenager, 
Anybody want some lamb? Like a lamb? Like, we get lamb. You know how expensive this stuff is? Five bucks. They're like, oh, preacher, we're going to die. For three days, I mean, they were starving themselves, lost weight. All the adult, adults are sitting there going, we love this place. <laughs> this is great. You know, except for the coffee. Horrible. But anyways, I asked for coffee. It came out in like a shot glass. I'm like, what is this? And I, I went more. I went lots of it and cream. But then about three days later, are you ready? We found a McDonald's. It was about eight to ten blocks away. And every meal, groups of teenagers walked out of the hotel room and went to McDonald's. And it saved their life. <sighs> you say, why? It was weird. I mean, different food, different culture, different language. Uh, you, you had roundabouts. We rode on the wrong side of the road. And... Uh, <laughs> One of my favorite stories, we had four cars, and I'm in the lead car with the missionary, and I'm turning around as he's driving, and you just had to follow the car in front of you. That, that's it. And I said, but if you get lost, you got to go back to the hotel. I mean, how bad can it be? It's an island. I mean, we take off, first turnaround, turnabout, which we have them here now, but didn't have a lot back then. We make the turn, and we take the second exit. Boom, second car, second exit. Boom, third car, second exit. Boom, fourth car, straight. <laughs> Every single day. <laughs> straight. I'm like, how do you not follow this? How hard? I mean, but the problem is wrong side of the road, different controls. It was totally messed up. In other words, it was different and it was noticeably different. If you've ever been to somewhere foreign, the style, the food, the language is different. I tell you that for this reason. When the Bible says not to be conformed to this world, can I help you? There ought to be a vastly different, different makeup of Christians than lost people. Now, I don't know if you're, you're getting this. Vastly different. I mean, complete. Now, don't, don't take me wrong. We live in America. We're still going to go to McDonald's and we're talking English. That's okay. I'm talking about spirituality and lifestyle. You ought to know very clearly, hey, this person's a Christian. There's something different about this individual. Hey, wait a minute. There is something completely different about them. And there's not a close and a gray area. I mean, you get around them. Their spirit, their life, their choices are different. And that's what, that's what Paul's saying. He says, and, and be not conformed to this world. In other words, there's no way we should be anywhere close to looking like, acting like this world. And I don't have time to give you a list. I don't think you need one. It just, it ought to be different. Come on, folks. I walk into places and, and I'm around people and I'm like, I don't fit. I went to Portland, Oregon. I don't fit. You ever been to Portland? Look it up. You'll see why. I mean, you do. You just get off the plane. You're like, there's, this is strange. There's a lot of weirdos here. You know, the different people here. You say, why? It's, it's not my culture. It's totally different. I'm telling you, there's just some places you know. But that's what God said about us. It should be so defined. Paul said, here's Christianity. Yeah, go to church. Yeah, pray. But, but, but it's more. Your life ought to be sacrificed to God, whatever you want. It ought to be separated. We live in a world that, man, we want to fit in. And I'm like, why? Why do we try to fit in? Seriously, I remember when my boys were in school, and I didn't want them to be weird, because then I'm like, neighbor's kids. I, I really didn't want that. But can I tell you also, I didn't want them to fit in. That sounds weird. No, no, you don't understand. I didn't want them to try to conform to everything that was happening in their school. I wanted them instead to go into the school and be a Christian. So you're going to have the same classes eat at the same cafeteria, do the same things. But you're going to talk different. 
you're going to think different. You're going to be different. Why? You're a born-again believer. And in no way, shape, or form do I want that environment to dictate anything to you. But on the contrary, for you to say, I'm a believer, and I will not conform to this world. And folks, I don't know why we're trying to get the the world to, to like us and fit in. What we're supposed to be doing is giving them the gospel that they might be saved and find eternal life. That's, again, don't take that part wrong. I don't think we go in and try to cause trouble. You won't have to. Just live your life. They'll know you're weird. You say, why? I mean, you don't cuss. You don't tell the same jokes. I mean, seriously, you don't do the same thing. You're weird. Can I tell you? Praise Jesus for weird. Because that's what, no, that's what Paul said. Folks, we're allowed living in a culture, and I, I know we're supposed to live in this Christian culture, but now, now wait a minute, folks. Can we be honest? Is it really that way nowadays? I mean, are we really in a Christian culture now in America? Because I don't see it. I don't see it's a standard. When we're trying to remove the Bible and prayer and God from everything we can, there's something wrong with that. So guess who needs to bring it back in? Us. So let me help you. You know what Christianity is? The identity is? I'm going to sacrifice my life for him, and I'm excited to do it. I'm going to live a separated life for him. And then he says there, and be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I'm going to have a spiritual mindset. As you know, one of the reasons we started the Christian school was to develop a more biblical worldview for our next generation. It's interesting, uh, surveys that have been done talking about the difference in a biblical worldview. And one author said this, adults with a biblical worldview possess radically different views, and don't miss this, on morality, held divergent religious beliefs, and demonstrated vastly different lifestyle choices. Did you catch that? Adults with a biblical worldview, it was clear, thought different on morality than the world. They saw it different. Matter of fact, it wasn't strange to live for God and have moral values and character. It was normal. It was normal. It was, it was normal to, to uh, not live together and actually get married and have kids after you're married and stuff like that. That's normal in Christianity. That's the way it's supposed to be. The world doesn't think that way. Why? They don't have a biblical worldview. You know what's bad, though? And I don't think the survey has changed about 20 years old, but they said amongst Baptists, only 8% have a biblical worldview. 8%. Normal Christianity is, folks, we think like the Word of God. No, no. Normal Christianity is I think like a Christian. I don't let the world tell me what my morals are, what my standards are. No, no, wait. Jesus tells me that. Why? Because I've been transformed. I would tell you as a Christian, besides transforming the outside, which is the easiest thing to do, and some of you may say, no, it's hard. No, it's really, that's the easiest. You know what the hardest thing is? Learn to think different. Learn to think different. Learn to think like Jesus told us to think. And that takes getting into the Word of God and transforming your mind. One of the identifying, identifying factors of a Christian. Are you ready? Don't miss this. Spiritually, we think different than other people. Our answers are different. People look at us and go, what? Our mindset is different. We don't let the culture tell us what to believe on all these issues out there. Instead, we get into, are you ready? Thus saith the word of God. When all the world says, well, I believe this on this issue and, and this moral issue, and I think this is right, we go, well, what does the Bible say? It should always be what does the Bible say and never what everybody else says. Hey, I'm going to help you, ready? It doesn't matter what the Republicans say. Oh. Oh, I know where I'm at. It's Oklahoma. I'd say, it doesn't matter. They're not our Bible. 
They're not. Hang on, I'm not done. It don't matter what the Democrats say. Right, why? They're not our Bible. You know one of the biggest dangers that's happened in Christianity today? We're allowing politics to dictate how we think. Can I tell you? Politics don't dictate how I think. Jesus dictates how I think. Yeah. More and more I find myself, I'm an independent. <laughs> you say, why? Because I'm like, well, let me help you. I want to do what the Bible says. What the Bible says. Oh, I know it's a rough one. You guys need to think about that one for a minute. Everybody going to be okay? But I know it's hard to hear this. I'm just saying it. It's, as I watch this, we start morphing and we start aligning in different ways. And here's the danger. Man, some, some of that's great and some of that's fine because it matches the Word of God. And it's no problem. There's different groups who are like, oh, yeah, I can agree with that. Why? Well, because it matches the Word of God. I can agree with that. Why? Because it matches the Word of God. Well, sure, I can agree with that. There's no issue. But, hey, the starting point ought to be here. See, we can't let somebody else tell us how to think. God tells us how to think. And that's always the way it has to be. And so when Paul comes in, he says, hey, let me tell you. Let me, let me help you identify as a Christian. He didn't bring up going to church, reading your Bible. Those are standard things in the Bible. He says, but let me just help you. Man, every Christian you run into is going to be sacrificed for Jesus Christ. Why? Your body belongs to them. I've been bought with a price. I'm glad he owns me, and I want to serve him. That's what you find. Every single one of them. He says, that's the standard. Matter of fact, the exception is somebody not living for God. No, wait. The exception is someone not living for God that hasn't said, my body belongs to you, I'll serve you. You live a separated life. You can tell Christians from non-Christians. I tell people all the time, I can't hide that I'm a pastor. I try. My wife will travel on vacation. I usually don't tell people I'm a pastor, and it never works. As soon as I walk into a church, they're like, hey, are you a minister? I'm like, I don't have a badge on. How did you know that? We all have the same haircut. <laughs> I most likely have a tie on or a suit. I just have that look. Must be a pastor. I've even tried to sit there and not shake anybody's hand. You know, like some of you. <laughs> I'll make them come to me. And it last a couple seconds. I'm like, ah, hi. You know, and I start greeting everybody like I'm the pastor. You know, I mean, it just is. And then every once in a while, I'll be out in casual clothes, which is khakis and a polo shirt. Because that's all the pastors are allowed to wear. See, if I'm not in a suit, you know it's a pastor. Why? Who else wears khakis and a polo shirt everywhere they go? I'm not telling you it's a style to follow. I'm saying this is what's happened to me. Okay? No, what I'm saying is you just know. We live in Oklahoma. You can spot a cowboy a mile away. You can smell him every single time. I'm just kidding. I mean, you have to tell, you really, you got the big old belt, you know, and the boots and the cowboy hat. You know, you don't have to walk in. I'm a cowboy. We know. Ah, we know. Walk outside, we see your truck. That's a cowboy. Yeah, yeah. You got the big thing in the front that's used for nothing. But anyways, you got that. <laughs> big rail thing. It looks cool. I want to get one for my car just because I'm in Oklahoma. You know, does anybody use those things? Does anybody? But, it, you know, so you got that up there. And, you know, and, and you walk around. And like I said, you, you know they're a cowboy. You know it. I mean, there's not even a debate that they're a cowboy. You know it. Can I tell you? That's the way Christians ought to be. Our spirit, our attitude, our life is in just a way people are like, ah, some, you're different. I can't pinpoint it because they may not be religious, but they're like, 
something different about this person. Why? We're not conformed to this world. We think different. We act different. And the last thing would be we, we serve. We serve. I'm not conformed to this world. I'm transformed by the renewing of my mind. That I may prove is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. I go forth and show forth that, hey, I believe in him and I'm going to serve him. I do Christian things as we talked about. Now listen, I'm, I'm, we're going to close this down, but I want to help you. This is the identity of believers. This is us. Well, that's some deep stuff. No, that's basic 101. I didn't go deep. You said sacrifice. That's normal. You said look different. Welcome to Christianity. No, seriously. Those things are what happens to Christians when you're saved. You suddenly, the closer you are to God, he begins to transform you. In an obvious way, your spirit, your attitude, your actions, your purpose in life suddenly becomes about him and others. Welcome to Christianity. My question for you in this January is, does that identify you? And if not, wouldn't this be a good day to make some changes? Wouldn't this be a good day to say, oh, God, you've spoken to my spirit as pastor was speaking about some things. And you know what? I am saved and I do love you, but I need to make some changes. I need to make some changes because, folks, we're Christians and I'm excited to be one. Can I tell you? I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not ashamed to identify with you. I'll see you at Walmart. We don't have a Target, so it has to be Walmart. Sorry. We don't have Target. See you at Walmart. See you at a restaurant. I'll wave at you. I'll come say hi. Why? I'm not ashamed of you. I'm not. Even though some of you look weird, I'm still not ashamed of you. Okay? Right. You're brothers and sisters in Christ. Can I tell you, we shouldn't be ashamed of each other. We should never be ashamed of him, should we? No, because why? We're Christians. Let's live that way. Amen. Let's stand. Lord, we come to you now. Lord, we thank you and praise you for your word. Lord, Paul helps us to identify ourselves as believers. Lord, it's what you expect. He talks about reasonable service, basic, normal, just what, what's normally expected. Nothing excelling, nothing deep. We're not talking about doing more here, Lord, but each one of us, may we examine ourselves to see, Lord, if we fit into what the Bible calls basic Christianity, reasonable Christianity. Lord, that that's us. And Lord, I pray it's all of us. Lord, if it is, I too pray that we would grow and mature in our faith and even go deeper in your truths. But Lord, we've got to begin somewhere. And Lord, as we begin this year, Lord, and we talk about being good stewards and serving you, Lord, we have to make sure that we're, we've got the basics down first. So Lord, help us now. And Lord, it begins, of course, with salvation. There might be somebody here that doesn't even understand that term. What does it mean to be saved? What's it mean? How does a person go to heaven? And Lord, they, they don't know biblically how to articulate that. What does the Bible say about that? Now, what they think, what's the Bible say? And maybe today they need to come and start on the Christian path by accepting you. Lord, help them to come. And as believers, Lord, if you impress something upon our heart, Lord, as we have a time of prayer, as we do at the end of our service, Lord, I pray that um, you would just work with each one of us in our hearts, Lord, with whatever you're dealing with us. We pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord, spoken to you about something. I challenge you to come. We're going to sing, I Surrender All. And without a doubt, if you need to pray with somebody, for Lynn, Miss Jenny are on my right, and they'd love to pray with you. Or if you want to catch us after services, that's fine too. But uh, we're going to sing a verse or two of closing, I Surrender All. Join with us, if you would, page 153. 
All to Jesus I surrender, all to him I freely give. I will ever love and trust him in his presence daily live. I surrender all, I surrender all, all to thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all, all to Jesus, I surrender humbly at his feet i bow worldly pleasures all forsaken take me jesus take me now i surrender all i surrender today and we'll meet back tonight at six and been a double blessing for you tonight and so i'll dismiss miss summer to head to the foyer by her table you can come by and say hello to her you want to get a chance to meet her you'll enjoy her testimony a single missionary lady and god's called uh, upon her uh, with her nursing experience to go and help out and just uh, see souls saved and and uh, minister to people so we're excited for her and then, of course, Micah and Rebecca, they're over on my right. If you don't know them, you can see them this morning. But tonight, you want to come back, greet them, spend a little bit more time in fellowship. You'll enjoy that. See what God's doing. Is it Wachahachi? How do you say that? Wanachi. Wachahachi Nachi. Wanachi. Wanachi. We were talking about that in, in uh, uh, our staff meeting. I'm like, I'm gonna, I, I don't know what it is. He said, he, I talked to him all week. I don't know what it is. It's Wachahana something. Wanachi. And uh, I have to look at it every single time and go, really? That's why God's not called me there. Ponca City was hard enough, you know, so, but come back, see them if you would, and uh, I know it'll be a blessing to them, so Brother Lynn will dismiss us. Just a reminder, uh, the Midwest Couples Retreat is coming up February 2nd and 3rd, and uh, the cost for this activity, this event, is $190, and if you would like to be able to be a part of that, you can pay through the bookstore uh, or through the offering, and uh, the sign-up sheet is out in the foyer, and today is the deadline for that. If you have any questions, uh, please see Brother Allen. Uh, this is Ministry Opportunity Month, as Pastor has said, and I want to encourage you as you leave today, prayerfully uh, look at the sheets if you haven't signed up yet, and prayerfully consider participating this year. We would uh, greatly appreciate your participation. Uh, having said that, uh, we have a Reducing the Risk of Child Abuse class Sunday, uh, January 28th at 4 p.m., and this is for all teens and adults that haven't taken the class yet, but are be working in some capacity with children. So please do note that that's again, January 28th at 4 p.m. And there's a sign-up sheet in the foyer for that. And then February 3rd, there will be a teenager luncheon at Stagecoach Restaurant from 11.30 to one. And the cost for this event, for this uh, uh, meal is $5 per person. So they're literally giving it away. And, uh, but they did say, if you can't afford that, which I think you should be able to find the money in your couch, 
Um, do come anyway, they want you to be there. Uh, also, if you would like to be able to have uh, transportation, they will have two vans uh, here in the parking lot uh, that morning at 11 a.m. Uh, they'll load up from uh, the church property and head that way. And again, there is a sign-up sheet in the foyer. If you have any questions, please see the Loney's. And then lastly, again, we are so thankful for our first-time guests today. Uh, don't forget as you leave, uh, head to the welcome desk and grab your gift bag on the way out. Uh, Brother Andy, come close us in prayer. All right, let's pray. Lord, we do thank you and praise you for a good day. Lord, thank you for our pastor, Lord, as he challenges us to, Lord, to live the Christian life like we should. And Lord, I pray that you just open opportunities for us uh, this week as we go out and about, that we can be a testimony for you. Pray that you bring us back to your house this evening, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hi, I'm Pastor John Waterloo. Thank you so much for joining us today and being a part of the service. I hope one day you can connect with us here in our church service as well. That'd be such a great blessing. Uh, we'd also like to let you know about just some other resources we have. You can jump on our Facebook page or our website, wherever you'd like, and find out about our ministries. But again, we'd love to have you join with us one day. Thank you so much for being in our services, and may the Lord bless you.